This week I caught a glimpse of something on the news, and some of you may have heard about it too, but uh, from what I heard, there's going to be an election soon. <laughs> and um, and I, I don't know about you, but it, it seems like this has been going on for so long. Does it seem like that to anybody, you, anybody else? I mean, it, it's just... It, I, I'm just so tired of hearing all the people's names and seeing their faces. I just want it to be over with. And I remember uh, last year, or yeah, last year, last election, the presidential election cycle in 2012, I, was, I remember right around election time, I was so glad that the election was coming up because I knew that soon after I wouldn't have to hear about it anymore. And then not too, not too long after the election, I remember hearing about Somebody run for office in 2016. And I got to think about that this week, and, and I thought, boy, I remember it wasn't too long after that. I, I wonder when I could find something that was said about the 2016 election. And so I did some research on the Internet, and I found out that election day was November 6, 2012. On November 7, 2012, they were already talking about the 2016 election, and people were, were announcing that they were running. Now, that is why it has seemed so long, because it's been going on for at least four years. Now, I'm not going to stand here and decry the state of politics in our country. That would be easy enough to do. Uh, but I'm not going to focus on that, because that's not the focus of the message. The focus of the message today is on the lordship of Christ. We're going to be in a short little passage today. We're going to be in the New Testament book of Philippians. It's pretty easy to, to turn past, so go ahead and be headed there. Uh, Philippians chapter 2, and we're going to pick up in verse 9. And we're just going to read uh, to verse 11. Philippians chapter 2 and verse 9. Now, I believe that this is a timely topic today because there is a lot of uncertainty in the world. And you know, one of the things about, uh, one of the things about being a preacher is many times we have to live through the things that we the things that we preach, and this is kind of one of those uh, messages that God has. Uh, I don't know. He's he's just uh, just set all this up, and this is a word for me as much as it is for anybody else. Now, there's a lot of uncertainty in this world. There's a lot of political uncertainty. Who is it that's going to get the the nomination in each party? Who's going to win the election? There's economic uncertainty. If anybody has any retirement in the stock market, you've probably seen the stock market go up, and you say, "Yeah," but then it. It plummets five or six hundred points in a day, and, and you say, oh my, and, and there's all this uncertainty. They're fluctuating uh, wildly. We have personal uncertainty. We don't know what's going to happen in the future. But I want to share a, an important truth with you, and that, that truth is this. More important than who it is that's in the White House is who it is that's in heaven, who it is that's sitting on heaven's throne. And I'm going to tell you it's the same person that it's always been, Jesus Christ. Jesus is on the throne. Jesus is Lord. Now, that's an easy thing to talk about. That's an easy thing to say. But once you start uh, applying it, it's a very powerful thing. Once you stand with me in honor of God's Word, we're going to begin reading in Philippians chapter 2 and verse 9. Now, the text is up on the screen if uh, you don't have a copy of uh, Scripture with you. It says, For this reason also God highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name which is above every name, so that in the name of Jesus every knee will bow, of those who are in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and that every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Thank you. you. may be seated. Now, Paul makes something very, very, very plain. If you don't get anything else out of the message, I want you to get this one 
single truth. If, if you don't catch anything else, I want you to figure out and see that Paul says, uh, Jesus is Lord, and if we are wise, we will live as such. Jesus is Lord, and we are, we are wise if we live as such. Now, let's, let's flesh that out just a little bit. The first question that we need to answer is, what does it mean to confess that Jesus is Lord? He says that everybody's going to do it. What does that mean? Well, today people use the word Lord real, real flippantly. They use it as a very small thing. Uh, somebody has well noted that a lot of people use Lord with about the same uh, conviction as their response when somebody sneezes. And that's a shame because the word Lord is a powerful word. It's a very meaningful word. The word that's used in the original language is related to one of it's related to power. It means master or owner or or, or the boss. It's the person in charge. In the ancient world, the uh, the ancient kings, especially the Roman Caesars, would take this title to themselves, and so they would they would force people to come in and proclaim them to be. Lord of Lords. And so when the Christians said, no, Jesus is the Lord of Lords, that was, that, was, uh, that was treasonous back then. In the Greek version of the Old Testament, the translators would often use this word Lord to speak about God. So realize when, when Paul says Jesus is Lord, realize the context that he's writing this in. He's talking, uh, he, is, he is making a huge statement. He says that Jesus alone is the one who has absolute authority. He's the one that's the boss. He's the one that's in charge. Jesus is Lord. Now, the question that must be asked then is, what does that matter in this day and time? What does that matter in 2016? We can see where it might matter to the first century Christians. What does it matter today? Well, for the lost person, the person who's never accepted Christ as their Savior, the person who's never had forgiveness of sins, it means salvation. Romans 10 says that if we'll uh, confess Jesus, confess with our mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, we'll be saved. The Bible says, for with the heart a person believes resulting in righteousness, and with the mouth a person confesses resulting in salvation. And if you want to be saved from your sin, if you want your sin forgiven, there's no other way except through Christ. Jesus himself said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Acts chapter 4 says that there's no other name given among, under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Jesus alone is it. If you're going to have your sins forgiven, it's got to be through Christ. For the Christian, it means that we have God's stamp of approval to evangelize the nations. Remember in Matthew chapter 28, we have the Great Commission. And what does Jesus say? He says, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore based on his authority, because he is in charge, because he's Lord, go therefore and make disciples, Jesus said, preaching and teaching and, and, and baptizing them in the name of the Father and Son and the Holy Spirit. We have God's stamp of approval to evangelize the nations. For the Christian, it also means confidence. We like to quote Romans 8.28, don't we? Does anybody know Romans 8.28? For we know... That all God causes all things to work together for the good. And we'd like to stop right there. But it goes on. It says, God causes all things to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to His purpose. We have confidence that God is in control. What does that mean? That means that, that even in the bad times, God can still bring something good out of it. It's kind of like with uh, you know Mount St. Helens. It, it explodes. It, it levels acres and acres of... Of, of land. Pretty soon you start to see new life, don't you? 
there, there can be life, there can be good that comes out of even a bad circumstance. Now, that's not to say that every circumstance is good because it's not, but God is in the process of working something good even in the bad. So what does this mean? Does that mean that we just need to say, Lord, Lord, okay, he's Lord, and that, that, gives, me a, that gives me a free pass on life. If I just say Jesus is Lord and I just say it with my mouth that uh, God's going to smooth my roads, that God's going to make it smooth sailing, everything's going to be sunshine and roses, is that what he's saying? Is that what Paul means? Of course not. Jesus says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of God. Not, not everybody who says to me, Lord, Lord, will go to heaven, but he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven will enter. And so what Paul is talking about is, is what we do with our mouth, but it's more than that. It's the attitude that we have in our hearts. Saying that Jesus is Lord is more than just uh, giving lip service to that fact, but to confess that Jesus is Lord he alone has the right to control our lives. Jesus alone has the right to rule and to reign. But then not just to recognize that fact, but then to live accordingly. It means that we change the way we act because somebody else is in a position over us. Let me illustrate uh, this point just a little bit. A story is told about a man named Dr. Scroggy, And he was speaking at a convention in in England many years ago and he was preaching on the Lordship of Christ. After the service, a woman came up to him and said, I want Jesus to be my Lord, but I'm afraid that he will send me overseas as a missionary and I don't want to go. Now, how many times have we had that thought in the back of our minds? Well, I'd really like to follow Jesus, but he'll just send me where? Deepest where? Darkest Africa. It's always deepest, darkest Africa. It's never sunny Hawaii. It's always deepest, darkest Africa. But Hawaiians need Jesus too. But listen, that's what we always think. And she, she told Dr. Scroggy this. And Dr. Scroggy pointed her to a, a, a passage in Acts. And in, in this passage, uh, God gives Peter a vision. And he was trying to get to Peter to realize that it's, it's what God wants is to, uh, for him to share the gospel not only with the Jews but also the Gentiles. And so this vision that he gave was of a sheet coming down. It was filled with all kinds of beasts, both clean and unclean. And God said to Peter, rise, kill, and eat. And you remember what Peter's answer was? He said, not so, Lord. And Dr. Scroggy pointed out to her, that was a, a bad answer because the slave doesn't dictate to the master. And he said, what you need to do, he handed her a pencil. He said, I want you to cross out the two words, not so, and leave the word Lord, or cross out the word Lord and leave not so. He handed her a pencil and walked off. As you can imagine, she struggled with it for quite a while, but after a while he came back and looked over her shoulder. He saw a, a, a tear-stained page of her Bible. She'd marked out, not so. She decided at that point that he was going to be Lord. No longer is she going to dictate, this is what I will do, Jesus. She said, you're the one who calls the shots, not me. You're the master. I'm the slave. Jesus is Lord. That's what, that's what recognizing his lordship means. He's the one that calls the shots. Now look at, um, look at the passage again. 
what that that's what it means to confess Jesus as Lord, but who's going to do it? Is it just going to be the Christians? Is it just going to be the good Baptists that meet every Sunday? And is that what it says? Look at the passage again. It says in verse 10, So that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow. Of those who are in heaven, it's talking about the angels and the heavenly host, and on the earth, that's talking about people, and under the earth, that's talking about those who, are died, who have died, and possibly uh, includes the demons and the devil in there as well. What this is saying is, everybody's going to do it. You are going to confess Jesus as Lord. I'm going to confess Jesus as Lord. I've already done it. I've done it willingly in this life. And you'll either do it willingly in this life, or you will do it unwillingly in the life to come. You'll either confess Jesus as Lord as Savior, or you'll confess He's Lord as Sovereign. You'll either do it with joy or you'll do it with weeping. You'll either do it as, uh, with belief and trust or in recognition of the undisputable fact. In worship or in fear. You will confess that Jesus is Lord one of these days. And it would be much wiser to confess Him as Lord now and enjoy the pleasures of heaven for all eternity than to do it after death because there's no more chance after death... You will confess that Jesus is Lord, but you, you don't have a chance for salvation after that. One day we'll all stand before God, and then after that comes the judgment. And it would be wiser to do it now than to do it later. But you will do it one day. Make no mistake. So he says that everyone who is going to, everyone is going to confess that Jesus is Lord. Now I want to back up. Who is it? Look again at the text. And, and I've said this, uh, said the answer to this several times, so it shouldn't be... Uh, a mystery to you, and if you can read words on the screen, you know the answer to this. Who is it that's Lord? Jesus. He makes it very clear Jesus is Lord. He is the real Lord. And I, I point that out because when we look around, this world seems like it's coming apart at the seams, doesn't it? I mean, we look around and there's all this political unrest, all these wars and rumors of wars, all this stuff going on, and and we have stuff going on in our lives. Or what about what this person says? What about my boss? What about the judge? What about all these things? And we think, well, they're the ones that are in charge, but they're not. The evil is not in control. Yeah, in this life, many times the wicked do prosper and the, and the, and the, the righteous suffer. That is a fact. But behind it all stands the unchangeable purposes of God. Now, no doubt this world, in this world the devil has a lot of power. But you know, I, I think about the Old Testament, St. Job. And, and yeah, the devil had a lot of power. Remember, he went to God and he said, the only reason Job's serving you is because you're doing all this great stuff for him. If you just take your hand of blessing off of him, uh, he'll curse you to your face. And God said, no. now this is paraphrase. This is the Braddock paraphrase. He says, no, that's not going to happen. Now you'd think the devil would be smart enough to say, hey, maybe God knows what he's talking about. I should just drop this one. But he doesn't. He says, well, let me just afflict him a little bit and let me see. And God says, you can do this, but you can't do that. He said, a limit. Job didn't, Job didn't curse God. And, and, and the devil keeps, keeps coming to God, and, and God allows certain things. And, and at the end of it, Job is the whole time saying, I don't know why this is happening. And at the end of it, we never find out why. That's one of those mysteries of life. We don't understand the why. But one thing that we do know is the devil can only... Go so far. God is the one that's in control. 
Jesus is the name which is above every name. Jesus is Lord. And finally, I want you to see the win of it all. For this reason also God highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name which is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee will bow, of those who are in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and that every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Now notice when it says that he's Lord. He doesn't say, one of these days you'll confess that Jesus will be Lord. Oh, he's, he's not Lord now, but one of these days in the far off future, then he'll be Lord. That's not what he says. He doesn't say we'll confess that Jesus used to be Lord. Back in the good old days, back in the Bible days, he was Lord, but he's not now. That's not what he says. It's is. No matter when it is in history, he is Lord. He's, he's, he's Lord today. He'll be Lord tomorrow. He'll be Lord a thousand years from now if this old world's still here. As the old song said, it, you know, we, we teach these, these songs to the kids. We think, oh, it's so cute. He's got the whole world in his hands. You ever seen that song when you were a kid? And we say, oh, that's so sweet. That's so cute. Friend, that's good theology. He's got the whole world in his hands. You didn't realize that song came out of Philippians 2, did you? He is Lord. Now, admittedly, again, it's, it's hard to understand what he's doing oftentimes. It's hard to understand why he allows certain things to happen, but that's where faith comes in. Now, what's faith? Faith is, is, is believing God, no matter what. You know, there's an old story uh, told about a, a farming community, and they were going through a drought, and they kept praying for rain, and and praying for rain, one day the preacher noticed nobody was bringing an umbrella when they were praying for rain. They didn't have faith. Closer to home, right now there's a little thing going around on Facebook saying you should get as excited at church as what you do at the Super Bowl, and therefore you should dump Gatorade on the preacher's head. Yeah, you all are admitting, but I don't see any Gatorade buckets out. Well, hush, hush, hush. Now, what I'm saying is, faith, is, is there, there's got to be some trust there, right? There's got to be some belief. Do you believe that Jesus is Lord? Now, probably all of us here would say, yeah, I believe that. Amen. That's right. Hallelujah. I, I believe it. I know that He is. I trust Him as my personal Lord and Savior. I confess Him as Lord. But it's easier to recognize that He's Lord and, and to say it when things are going good for us, isn't it? When we've got a raise at work, kids are all healthy, not fighting with the spouse, the car's not broken down in a while, what's well, easy to say? Yeah, Jesus is Lord. But boy, whenever we get those phone calls, when the car breaks down and We've already been late to work, and the boss says you do it one more time. Getting written up, getting fired, and the car breaks down, we're late to work. What about that? We go to the doctor, and, and they start telling us some bad news. It's a lot harder to say, yeah, he's Lord then. And that's when those times, to the best of our ability, we have to choose to trust him because it doesn't come naturally. We have to make the choice. And I'll just confess, <clears throat> if you're anything like me, it's tough. 
And like with me, this this whole situation we got going on, you know, I, I alternate. Some days I'm like, yeah, he's gonna, man, he's gonna he's gonna do it. And then ten minutes later, you talk to me and, oh, woe was me. God just smite me, right? Just like Jonah or, or Elijah. And, and we, don't, don't, but don't, surely somebody else does this too, right? I mean, you, you go through these periods where you're, you're full of faith and then you have a lack of faith and then you're full of faith again and then you have a lack of faith. And that's, that's just one of those times where we have to just over and over again choose as best we can to trust to trust God. Because Jesus has a name which is above every name. Do you know him today? We've seen that song, Oh, How I Love Jesus. Do you love him today? Is he your Lord? Somebody says, Well, I want to have salvation without him being Lord. The late Dr. Adrian Rogers said something to the effect of, You can't have what he gives unless you take him for who he is. He's Lord. Have you accepted the salvation that he offers? Do you trust Him to take care of you? If you've never done those things, I invite you to do them today. Understand with me as musicians come. And as you stand, I ask you, bow your heads and close your eyes. And with nobody looking around, I... just encourage you. We all face stuff. We have situations in life where it's easy to trust what we're seeing. It's easy to trust our feelings. And it's tough to trust God. I wish I could stand up here as a stained glass saint and say I never struggle with it, but brother, I do. And you do too. What is it you need to, to the best of your ability, say to God right now, I trust you in this situation. I believe that you will take care of it. And then not only say the words in your heart and mind, but maybe you're here and you've never accepted Christ. you won't get to heaven any other way. If you've not done it, I, I would encourage you to do that today in the, in the strongest...
back on them. You ask God to forgive you. And you accept the free offer that He gives. That's all there is to it. Heavenly Father, God, we thank You for Your amazing grace that no matter what it is that we go through, that You're right there with us. God, I ask You'd help each of us as that man in the Bible says, I believe, Lord, help my unbelief. And God, we ask You'd strengthen our faith today. Help us to trust You. And God, I know that there are people in this congregation that are going through stuff. Some of it's big stuff. Some of it's just big to them. may not be to anybody else, but it's big to them. God, help us to recognize that you're Lord. And help us to trust you. And there's somebody here who's never accepted Jesus as their Savior. God, I pray that they would do that today. In Jesus' name.